Hello, my name is Fran. Welcome to the Heal Into Your Awakening podcast. Lord, it is Gemini season. Then we have a Mercury retrograde going on. And then a solar eclipse. So um, I see retrogrades or eclipses and all these different like significant moments that um, that take place as um, a little bit of a test, testy period. So maybe a midterm, right? Where things are going to arise, that are going to test us. And based on how you, um, like how well you take to those things that come up, um, kind of gives you a glimpse into your progress, right? So because of that, I understand that things are going to come. I prepare myself for it. And I kind of spiritually prep myself in a way that I am more in tune with my higher self so that when I feel like I'm being tested, I am able to tap into divine guidance. How do I prep myself spiritually for things like that? Or just anytime I feel like I need to, I'm, I feel a bit disconnected or I need to be a little bit more vigilant. Um, I spend a little bit more time in nature. I meditate a little bit more and I ground myself. So I will go in and everyone, ha- there's different forms of grounding. But for me, I like to walk barefooted, grass, on sands, go to the beach, feel like feel feel one with nature in the universe and I, I you know but I but just in case someone was wondering how it's done that's how I do it also as much as I love to um, meditate right I love the concept of meditation it doesn't come to me as easily as a lot of it would with a lot of people and I'm hopefully speaking this so that someone who is not necessarily um, someone who feels like meditation isn't something that they're able to do because of so their chatter can be able to find other options. So you don't necessarily have to just sit and um to meditate. There are other ways to meditate. You could be in silence. You could um, just, there are different ways and you just have to find it. For me, if I real, if I notice that I'm not able to just sit in silence with my eyes closed or whatever i find other methods of meditation one i try to do a guided meditation i also feel like guided meditations i'm not able to connect as i want to sometimes so i might sit in silence i might just um write just something i try to like whatever mindfulness is a is a form of meditation so being mindful of your environment, sitting down and, and if let's say you're driving in a car, paying attention to the other cars around you, looking like paying attention to the smell, paying attention, um, um, you know, just how your hands feel on the wheel, things like that is a form of meditation when you're cooking and you're paying attention to the food and the taste and just little things like that builds your your awareness up it it allows you to become more in tuned right meditation is a way of is a form of going within and however you feel 
that you can find yourself being in a moment, being mindful, noticing your situation, noticing how you feel within is a form of meditation. So you don't always just have to sit and mm, your way through if it's not something that you're able to do. The whole point of um, spirituality and, 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 and honing your way is to be able to do what works for you, to be able to connect to the divine and your higher self your way and not a not 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 the way another person is dictating everyone have we all have a destination and our routes might be different but our the, the destination is the same so do what works for you find a way that 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 um it's not all a one blood one fit all thing you have to find really what works for you and um i just felt led to say that in case someone is struggling with what other people are doing and if they're feeling like they're feeling that not doing it no there is not one right or wrong way as you evolve you're going to find your way more and more you're going to be able to take from other people but the whole point is getting to in tune with your higher self and your spiritual team and they're going to lead you in a way that fits you in your experiences in this lifetime with that being said <laughs> Today, I would like to talk about inner child work. When I first started my journey, I would hear this all the time, inner child. I, I took a psychic development class once, and part of that part of that experience was that we had a free reading, and this, this lady was like, you need to connect with your inner child. You are experiencing major blockages, and you need to connect with your inner child. But I just didn't know what it meant, how it was, and at that time, thinking about my childhood experiences was not something that was pleasant for me. It's something, if any, if if anything, is I avoided a lot. So I dismissed a lot of these, um, a lot of those advice. Like, yo, chill. And then, as I progressed and I researched, that word "inner child" came around a lot. So, what is your inner child? So we have different aspects of us within us we have different especially um our brain kind of categorizes our trauma in a way where let's say you experience a certain amount of trauma in your teenage years it is compartmentalized and it's stuck there and then as you navigate your adult life when things happen that trigger that experience you act from the place of your teenage years Whatever the trauma, whenever the trauma happened is when you, is how you react based off of the mindset you have from that time. So for me, a lot of my child trauma <laughs> happened during my childhood. So I was navigating life from, from, from a place of fear. There was a lot of fear. There's a lot of survival. But a lot of those things, I was a puppet and my inner child was pulling the strings. So I would I would have readings and it would just be like connect with your inner child. But again, I didn't know what that was. But we have different aspects of ourselves. We have our present moment that in the future we might be able to look back on and um, connect with that part of us. You know, so there's different aspects of ourselves and our inner child is a very important aspect i believe that our inner child is actually the foundation 
of who we are in a lot of ways. Our inner child, our childhood molds our current life. And inner child work is important because consider us as structures, right? The foundation to that structure is what holds everything up. And if that foundation is shaky, you're going to have a magnificent structure, but with a shaky foundation. And what does that mean? That is something that is going to be continuously chaotic, continuously. Um, there's going to be a lot of worry in regards to that structure. Yeah. So it's very important to go back and rehabilitate, um, those, those experiences or rehabilitate the, the foundation that created the structure. And, and, and it's not to say that you're going to be solid throughout, but you're going to find your, your, um, idea of what solid means by connecting, by rehabilitating, by transmuting the experiences that shaped that foundation. So inner child work is uber, 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 uber important. And I was missing that in my journey. I was trying to read tarot. I was trying to connect with my higher self. I was trying to do like, because, you know, I, I realized that, you know, as a cancer moon and rising, as a cancer in the 12th house, um, there are a lot of things I was realizing about myself. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm damn near psychic. Oh, I have a, I, I'm an empath. I have all these things. As much as I was getting to know myself, there was a lot of, um, and it liberated me in a way, but the foundation was not good. It was sour at the bottom. I needed to go in, rinse it all out, cleanse it all out, and then be able to start afresh and meet myself where I needed to be. And for some reason, not sure what it was, I know what it was now, but I was avoiding it. Um, and then I started therapy. And as I would express myself to my therapist, that inner child kept coming up again. So here I was, he was not, you know, he was more science related or mental health or whatever category therapists are in. But this is a, a, a teacher or a guide in another aspect that was telling me to do inner work. And there was another aspect where I had a spiritual lead, like, like a spiritual teacher also telling me, you need to connect with your inner child. I didn't quite know why I was not able to do it, right? So when my dad passed, at that time, I understood how we incarnate. I understood how the soul purpose works. I understood how we come in this form and we leave and we go. I understood how the spiritual realm works, right? And I was happy and at peace to know that my dad was with me, actually. If anything, his physical presence prevented him from being the kind of father that I wanted him to be or, I, or I, that I believe that I deserved. But I knew that his spirit was with me. He was, he had become one of my guides. But there was, and, and that should have brought me joy because I wanted a, a, my dad. Now I have my dad always. I was like insanely sad. Like I would just, I, and, and I'm, I'm so in tune with myself that I know when something like I, like I could be laughing and joking with everybody, but the core of me just feels like, you know, how you go to the gym and your entire body is, is, um, sour. The core of me was sour. I was grief stricken and I, I couldn't 
I, I could not grasp that. I had this knowledge, I had this awakened knowledge that everything was fine. Like what we see here is an illusion, right? But I did not know why I was so sad. And I I kept having the, the, the inner child um, um, message kept popping up places. I'll watch a movie and the inner child will come up. Like things kept, and I was just avoiding it because there was also a part of me now, now, now I know that I could not take it. I, 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 I don't know what, but I knew there, you know, the, there was an aspect of me that knew that it was not all good over here. I could not connect. And I used to say, oh no, it's, it's because, um, it's because my childhood was so traumatic that I don't want to, um, I don't want to really like, like go back to it. Right. So one night I woke up like around 2 a.m. and I just could not stop crying. And I literally felt myself trying to console myself, but I could not stop crying. And again, I went to my therapist and I expressed that. And I said that, I know my dad is good. You know, I have had, um, so at that time I had a few encounters with his you know, his spirit or whatever. So I knew he was fine. I had dreams. I had different things that happened that allowed me to like that, believe that he was good, that he was at a better place. But I was like sad. Like it was just, I've never been this sad before. Right. And then he said, well, there is a you and the adult you that know your dad is fine and everything as well. But have you ever considered the, the, the child, the inner child you that is probably grieving about her dad and suddenly it clicked, right? It finally made sense. I could not escape connecting with this little girl anymore. And because automatically I remember like what it was. I, um, growing up, I left my dad in 96 during the Liberian war. And I remember our conversation where, you know, it was like, I will be back. I was never supposed to be away from him. During that time, I vacationed in Liberia and I saw my dad, but it was never that. I always had that, because um, growing up, I had my, my mom was not, was barely around, but there was a significant time in my childhood that my dad took care of me. And my mom came back and my mom came back. It took a few months and then she took me to Nigeria. So during that time, my dad was, a, was my mom and my dad, you know? So that was like a safety blanket for me. And when I left to Nigeria, there was a promise that was being made that we were going to go back to our usual way of life by being together and him living with me, doing my hair, taking me to school and all that stuff. So there was a, there was an expectation there. And as I grew up, that that little girl stuck with that expectation and when he passed she lost a significant part of her life not only did she lose her father but that promise was never fulfilled and i didn't get that until that man made that statement and was like there it is so i really need to go and do this work right so um i went ahead but, and I, I gave myself some time and every time I looked at my, like, I, I try to do the exercise by picturing her, I couldn't, 
like she was not trying to look at me. She was not trying to connect. And I didn't understand. And it sounds woo-woo. So if, if it sounds woo-woo to you right now, this message is not for you. But I could not connect with my inner child at all. Like I would look at her and she'll look away. Or I would look at her and I'll be too embarrassed to connect. And I did it little by little, little by little. After about a month, I was driving to work. I had this awful job, but it was an hour away. And that hour allowed me to really um, gather my thoughts. So it was one of those situations where I looked at her and I pictured her at the passenger seat. And I just started crying from embarrassment and um I knew exactly why like this was my first time where I couldn't be like oh I don't know why you don't want to connect with me I knew exactly what it was this little girl experienced so much she created a way of living that allowed her to survive and she looked forward to the future me being able to implement things that would not put us in a position that we will feel the way we felt at that time and I failed her. There were things that happened in my childhood that I overshared with people to connect when it wasn't necessary. I was um, stricken with codependency. I was um, just, I was a mess. And I felt like I failed my inner child. And I could not look at her in the face. And I automatically remember why I really could not connect. It wasn't just that our experiences were traumatic. It was because I was not doing the work as an adult to make sure that she was safe, to make sure that everything she experienced was not, was not in vain. I failed the aspect of myself. All the past part of me, I was not, my present self, was not honoring those aspects of me. And she especially was not happy and she could not connect with me. And all I could say was, I'm sorry. I knew exactly what it was. I couldn't, you can't hide from yourself. So I, I all I could just say was, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And then it took me some time. I kept doing the exercises where I'll look at her and I will talk to her. I will connect with her. She started to reveal to me a lot of the things that she needed from me, a lot of the the reasons why there was blockages, right? And it's it's not like the person is going to talk. It just becomes, it's like an intuition and in that it reveals itself to you. And those blockages kept disappearing. Like something would happen. I would go to a session with while doing inner child work and then I would no longer feel a particular way, right? So... I like to see it as this, right? Picture your enlightened self. Picture the highest version of yourself being in a room. That room is bright and, and light and, and your spirit is literally calling you to that room. And then picture that room being closed and locked. And the key holder, the gatekeeper to that room is your inner child. If you are not able to address your inner child and connect where she feels safe to give you that key, I don't care what you do. You could stand and dance in front of that door. You will never get in. Based on my experience, based on what I have researched, inner child work, to me, it should be the beginning of shadow work. Going back in, right, to the foundation of who you are and transmuting those experiences and rehabilitating 
yourself and your inner child and, and paying attention and being very, very vigilant and intentional about nurturing your inner child is one, it's one of the most important parts. And I was missing, that was a key element of my awakening that I was missing. And, you know, I'm glad that I ended up realizing that and doing the work, but also, um, it, it was, it was definitely, it, it has changed my life in such a drastic way, right? As far as my expectation of what a mother represented, I didn't, I didn't experience that. And now when I think about it, my inner child was born. There was a lot of fear associated to being a mom, a lot of fear associated to a lot of things that I had because she didn't know what to do. She didn't feel like we were equipped. All she knew was to survive, right? So now as I have my child, I'm able to, um, as I nurture my child, as I mother my son, I picture her and I'm able to bring her in and nurture her as well. Growing up, I also experienced a lot of abuse from, from people that were my guardians, from adults that, again, now I know they had their things they were struggling with and people are going to pick on the most vulnerable person in the room. And I, I realized as a kid, I grew a lot of my empathic, I think that again, for a lot of us empaths, we experience this trauma to build our skills up because now I could literally look and go in a room and, and, and feel if someone is really going through distress and intuitively kind of know how to maneuver around it where I ease it in a way. And that came from being as a child where I had no choice but to be able to pick up on the emotions of other because the saddest person and the angriest person for a, for someone who is vulnerable is the most dangerous person. So I learned how to, I, I mean, I'm a life partner number six, I'm a cancer moon rising. So I, as much as I love to nurture, I acted on it from a codependent place. I learned how to make all these treats. I am like the, the queen of making quick little meals for people. But like in back home, we like take a comb and you scratch your auntie's hair and grease their hair. I knew how to do all those things and I enjoyed it, but I did it for survival. And as an adult, I was connecting and relating from that survival point. I would attract partners that needed fixing so I can go in to fix them. And I just thought that was me because again, this little girl grew up using those skills as a way to survive. And here I was not needing to survive, but having the opportunity to thrive. Here I was navigating life and using her survival tactics to survive where I didn't need to. I had to learn. And, and, you know, as I communicated with her, she was able to pinpoint exact moments where it was like, you did not need to do that, sis. I only did this because I had no choice. But you have a choice to live like this. And you telling, and you acting like this, it, it solidified the feeling of unworthiness and to be in service where I'm a lapdog. And as I, you know, as my awakened self, I love being in service of people, but I was pouring out from an empty cup. 
I was pouring nonsense, rubbish. I was acting from ego and my inner child was a puppeteer and she did not need to be that. She needed to be nurtured and taken care of. She did not need, she does not need to run the show anymore, but she was running the show. I had to realize that it's okay to not have had certain things as a child, but it doesn't necessarily mean that these things are manifesting itself anymore. It just simply means that that was your childhood and those experiences built you up to where you are and how you are. It's not a plight. It is a strength. So I stopped making everything so personal the moment I did my inner child work. Inner child work is, you know, again, one of the more because it allows you to just free up space to receive what you need to receive. And I mean, there's, you know, you go, it's like your, your ego is so attached to your inner child that when you start to do that work, you're able to differentiate your ego with your inner child. I mean, none of these aspects go away. These are, these are all parts of you that are built and you need to cultivate a relationship with each one, every one of them to be able to work with your inner child is definitely like the most important. I feel like it's such, um, important topic and i plan on going more in depth into it it's just it's such a it's it's such a vast topic um but i just wanted to give my experiences of in a child work now um i am going to give a quick um so how do you connect with your inner child right so um I'll give you, I can't really speak on how other people do it. I didn't really do too, too much research to this. I'm just basing everything that I'm saying from my experience. So how did I connect with my inner child? When I did the, um, where I pictured my inner child and so you have to be relaxed. You have to be open to what, um, what you're going to receive. So prep work is important. So I prep myself, I take, um, I call it an enlightened shower. I don't know the right word for it, but where I, I sage my home, I make sure my space is clean and inviting and I go in the shower, but I go in the shower with the intention to cleanse myself and to be open to receiving. So picture a bright light in the shower and just, you know, set the intention. I think. Even if, if, forget the bright light for everything. Intention is like the core of everything. So set the intention to be able to um, receive. And take a shower, cleanse yourself, picture a bright light, picture knowledge, picture receiving, picture your higher self and everything that you need to do. And then clean up, right? When you're done with the shower, clean up and then sit. So what I did, I always light a candle because I feel like a, a, a even though my inner child is not like like a spiritual guide or anything, but I I, I like I feel like it sets the tone. Hey, <laughs> so I sat there and I would just try to like picture her, and I sometimes it'll come right, or other times it takes time. There might be blockages, and then um yeah, and then you just go with the flow, but you would literally it's it's i don't really believe that any of these things is and just the prep i feel like the prep is the most important part and then the intention is also another important part but i can't tell you what's going to happen once you're in that room with your inner child so 
but yeah, um, there are guided meditations to, to connect with your inner child, but I've never felt like I needed them. Um, I've just always, now it's so easy for me to just picture her and feel what she needs and, and, and go from there. Um, yeah. And as time progresses, I plan on like going more in depth into inner child work. Now, what has it done for me as an adult, as a functioning adult? It once, once I, once I really started to connect with my inner child and feel, um, and feel the connection, <laughs> um, it allowed me to, it held me accountable because now I know I was responsible for these aspects of myself, right? It, it, it liberated me in a way where, again, I wanted to know myself even more, but, um, it took away the sourness. It allowed me to go back and rehabilitate my foundation without, again, your inner child is not going to do the work for you. She's not meant to do the work. She is meant to sit on the side as you soothe her. You're meant to talk her into, um, um, letting go of the things that were blocking you guys, transmuting those experiences. Right. But if you do not connect, you can't really transmute it. So she's like, you know, I go and I'd be like, Hey, um, I know you feel unworthy. There are times where I know that this happened and that made you feel unworthy, but look at us now. This is how we feel. Go. And I go in my chart and I say, you know, the, if we had been born, if, if our mom had access to our chart on this day, these things were things that were supposed to happen to build us up. And I'm so glad. And I'm so proud of you for being able to take everything you took, and I, and, and let me handle it now. I know that I haven't acted in a way that I should have in the past, but I promise you moving forward, I will be vigilant. I'll be mindful. I'll be intentional. And just that, I'm not saying that's what I said verbatim, but like just things like that. There are times where maybe I meet a romantic partner that, that it, it, in the relationship doesn't work out and I'm stricken with grief and heart and feel like I'm so heartbroken. A lot of times it's not even you being heartbroken over that person. A lot of times it's more of your inner child feeling the abandonment again. Oh my gosh, here it goes again. So sometimes I do the work that I need to do, you know, but away from that, I know like it's deeper than this. I need to go. So I'm like, Hey girl, what's good. So we're holding on to something here that we don't need to. This has this, this situation has nothing to do with this situation. Let's, and then I just kind of navigate that and it's, it doesn't really, sometimes it doesn't necessarily happen overnight, but it kind of just works its way. So being in cahoots with your inner child is by far one of the most important. And it's, it's not a work you can just, it's not a project where I'm like, oh, I'm going to work on my inner child and then tomorrow I'm going to feel better. No, 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 no. It takes time. For me, it's taken years. I feel I'm a better person because of that. I'm a less, I don't really... You know, when you're, when you're, when you have codependent tendencies, you're constantly worried about what other people are thinking. Right. But once I'm in, you're constantly worried about other people are thinking, cause she was so worried about other people are thinking, or he was worried about what other people are thinking. He was, he was living in survival mode, trying to see who likes him, who doesn't like him, what he needs to do, what she needs to do, stuff like that. So I go in and once I started to soothe her, once I started to act within the capacity of who I am now as an adult, as my present self, and I'm able to connect with her, I was able to, um, debunk a lot of these 
things that we had going on and it just allowed things to flow a little bit more. I am less mind, like I don't really, I mean, I wouldn't say I don't really care. I do care about what people think, but I know that it does not define me. And I wouldn't have been able to do that if I hadn't went to the little girl who was feeling like things like that defined her. Um, I'm going to end here. And I think that I am going to address this topic again in the future. Now, if it's something that you want me to talk about a little bit more, if you have any questions, if you have any um, things you need to share with me, you would like to share with me, I appreciate it. Please reach out to me at healintoyourawakening at gmail.com. I'm on Instagram at heal, at heal into your awakening. I look forward to hearing from you. I hope that the universe aligns this episode with someone who is in need of hearing it. And I hope it reaches you well. I love you. I thank you for being here. I will talk to you soon. Bye.